Hi, and welcome to The Scientist Podcast, where we bring you the research community like you've never heard it before. Here on episode 10, we'll be talking to Wendy and discussing the realities of mental health in academia and what her organisation are doing to combat this. Hi everyone and welcome back to The Scientist Podcast. Today we are talking about a very prevalent issue in academia and that is mental health. Uh, Here to talk to us about this is Wendy, the Executive Director of Dragonfly Mental Health. Uh, Would you be able to introduce yourself and what you do on a day-to-day basis? Sure. So um, my name is Wendy Ingram and I have a PhD in molecular and cell biology. I've been interested in mental health research since I was in high school and have gone through um, training as a psychiatric epidemiologist as well. And I, uh, but with all of the research that I've been interested in over the years, I have had at least for the last uh, seven to 10 years, uh, a string of activities in activism for mental health of my colleagues. So as a graduate student, and then as a postdoc. Um, and that is ultimately what brought me to the position I'm in now, which uh, is founder, uh, co-founder and director of Dragonfly Mental Health, which is dedicated to cultivating excellent mental health among academics worldwide. And is that something you do every day or do you still have your hand in research? So at the moment, um, I I do a little bit of both. And I have just finished my postdoc at Johns Hopkins in June. And so, but I've been working really, really hard with a lot of other wonderful, absolutely brilliant uh, scientists, researchers at various stages of their career um, and mentors of mine to create uh, Dragonfly and found it as a nonprofit. Um, We are very, very young. We just incorporated in April. and so we're, we're, we're and the, our idea really to become, uh, to create a global community for academics, by, uh, by academics, for academics, um, focused on mental health was born in Berlin uh, in September. So we're really quite new. Um, we don't have funding for this to be my full-time job. So I'm also continuing yeah. to do medical informatics research uh, at a place called Geisinger Health in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And what was sort of the, the motivations for starting Dragonfly? Was it sort of always a long-term goal or did something happen and then it clicked and you were like, this is really something that needs to be addressed? I kind of had to be dragged slowly into this role. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> nothing I had aspired to, to do. I was uh, pre-tenure track, um, like so many of my friends and colleagues, and I had even applied uh, last round and was get, gearing up to apply again for tenure track positions um, this, this last fall. And over, especially the last two years, it's just become more and more obvious how dire of a situation we're in in academia. The, um, you know, so about seven years ago, um, one of my classmates at UC Berkeley died by suicide and depression. And we, as a community, were crushed. We were absolutely beside ourselves, couldn't understand how nobody noticed why, why this could happen without us knowing. Um, the, we were really dissatisfied with the, the university's response to it and how they told us. Um, they ended up being uh, quite supportive, but 
but there wasn't there there weren't rules or or protocols in place um the the way that we found out was just terrible it was like through the grapevine one to one um we and so so we as students myself and um about eight others got together and just put our heads together to figure out what it is that we could do to help make things better for others and give future students a heads up and encouragement to talk about mental health, talk about balancing your life, talk about destigmatize going to therapy, going and seeking treatment if you need it. Um, and so, and so that was kind of what started it for me, um, this work. And unfortunately, one of our Sorry, this is always a little hard. One of the co-founders of that group um, and a really close friend of mine died in 2018, also by suicide and depression. So that really kick-started me again um, in figuring out what to do, getting together with others, um, figuring, just, just coming up with whatever we possibly could. And we started developing uh, mental health awareness uh, uh, talks. And I just started delivering depression awareness, um, like basic depression literacy talks, but geared towards academics. So, mm. you know, the, the, there's lots and lots of information out there, but there's a certain, there's a special sort of pressure and a special sort of stigma that really pervades in academia from what I can see. Mm -hmm. And we, so I, so I designed the, this talk in a way that um, was really well received and was not so much about, let me tell you all the information you need to know. It was, let me give you the, in, you know, the, the real basics of the research that we know about and, and let me start a conversation. So the talk itself is only 25 minutes. The rest of it is all discussion, small group, people get together um, with their neighbors and start talking about these questions of why is there stigma? What prevents people from, from seeking care? Um, you know, what, what has helped people in the past? Why don't people talk about it? And that really, I think, is one of the most powerful things um, that we've now folded into Dragonfly uh, Mental Health. And so one of the things that over the last two years, uh, we've developed workshops, we developed talks. I uh, created with some amazing colleagues of mine uh, videos interviewing faculty well-known faculty and young faculty uh, about their own lived experience with mental health struggles. We put out a call to Johns Hopkins uh, School of Public Health faculty and 17 people, faculty members uh, and, and scientists uh, volunteered in less than a week. Wow. We interviewed all of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've, we've also made a video for uh, UC Berkeley and so the the amount hearing from successful faculty is such a powerful motivator to bust the myth that if you're struggling you don't have what it takes mm -hmm. i think especially as well when you're going into um places that might have people coming through like students coming through at whatever level it gets knowing their superiors maybe are going through these problems as well as a really important talking point as well to be like oh well it's not just me sort of thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. If you, and if you know that a Nobel laureate has struggled with anxiety, Mm -hmm. it's so much less stigmatizing, self stigmatizing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and one of the other things that a lot of people talk about is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so like that, that's one of the tricky things that, you know, in there's, there's probably differences between imposter syndrome and burnout and depression, diagnosable depression, but there's a lot of similarities too. Mm -hmm. And avoiding talking about the serious and true diagnosable and truly treatable mental illness is a problem. Skirting Mm -hmm. the issue, uh, you know, saying, naming it, but naming it wrong um, can really be detrimental to people who do have a a disease that they need to, to, to seek proper treatment for. Um, and, and whether that's uh, psychology, um, you know, seeing a psychologist and getting therapy or, and or getting uh, some medications to help, help with uh, controlling and preventing further episodes. These are, these are things that, that academics need to speak to their, speak to professionals about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, so, so Dragonfly Mental Health is um, about doing research about destigmatizing, about creating networks of academics that have had struggles of various forms um, where people can talk about it and people can talk, support each other. And also to, uh, to bring programming, to bring mental health literacy, to bring anti-stigma campaigns and to bring uh, systemic change into institutions. We do not uh, bring clinical care. Or, mm-hmm. or provide therapy services in any way, shape, or form. So, so is Dragonfly sort of focusing at researching the problem and then spreading awareness of what this problem, this problem is? That and delivering programs that are proven mm-hmm. and evidence-based. I'm with you. Um, and with, with these um, campaigns that you put out, how, are, how, how do you fund these? Are these through donations? Um, do, you, do you get funding from any form of government organization or anything? So we just got uh, fiscal sponsorship. So we're now a, uh, sponsored by a 501c3 organization that allows for us to accept donations. Uh, we've received over $21,000 in donations wow. since May. Um, so amazing. we're really excited and, and totally blown away by the generosity and the the belief in our organization mm-hmm. and what we're doing. Um, we, so, so we do seek individual donors. Uh, every small donation absolutely helps and gets used to deliver programs to universities. Um, and we are, we are also, uh, it, you know, right now we're a little too small to apply for government grants, but um, foundation grants we're we're gearing up to apply for uh, to to conduct research. Uh, we we want to put real numbers on on mm-hmm. these things. There's a lot of surveys that have gone out there, especially about students. Uh, but we're also an organization that recognizes that every stage of the career is affected by mental health struggles. It doesn't just magically go away once you become a a young professor or you know you've been tenured it's it's that so if you found it spreads across everyone there's no one there's no one group that you've you've found is recurring over and over again to present these issues it sort of spreads the right way through i i think that one of our main principles and and observations is that there we're all connected 
So it's not just the learners and the, and the educators, um, the PIs, the, the people leading labs, it's even people within the labs. It's the, the staff, it's the technicians, it's uh, everyone that makes up academia is affected by this and is able to interact with one another and support one another. And so we, we focus on um, the struggles of everyone within academia and the, um, we really focus on the community aspect of, uh, and the power of climate and, uh, and culture. And that is where the biggest changes and the most profound changes can, can be made to support and, and move away from crisis response to mental health struggles to actual prevention and support and excellent mental health. So is it, is it the academia culture that you think is why mental health is such an issue among academics? Is, it, is, is there a thing, like a specific thing that's, that's causing this? Well, if there was one thing, that would be pretty easy to fix, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the, and so mental illness in particular, as a mental health researcher, um, I'm, I'm very well aware that, the, that there are genetic components, there are biological components, there are childhood uh, trauma impact components, uh, there's minority stress components, and there's also definitely systemic issues. So there's systemic issues that are, that are within a culture, within an environment of grad school that are really, you, you know, incredibly high stress, incredibly high pressure. We also have an issue, so we have, we have, we have these issues where in academia, Sorry, now I'm all like blubbering. Um, <laughs> edit this part out. Um, <coughs> there are systemic issues and, and cultural issues within academia that are definitely leading to higher pressure, leading more stress and unnecessary stress in a lot of cases, probably. Um, there's also really good stress, you know, a, a extremely talented and well-achieved athletes are not out there doing their best because they take it easy and no one was hard on them. Uh, we're, we're not saying that there, there needs to be a very cushy way to get a PhD. That's, that isn't what people go to grad school for. We know mm -hmm. we're going to get, it's going to be hard. We want to be pushed to the, um, you know, to our intellectual limits. We don't, we don't want to, and we often don't sign up for, but are surprised to find that we're getting pushed to our physical limits, our mental limits. And this is, this is unnecessary. This is not okay. We're breaking and pushing away people that could produce amazing research and contribute incredible things to our world and to the research community um, absolutely unnecessarily. So that's definitely a piece. And there's also a really, really big piece, which is one of the things that we really focus on with Dragonfly's programming and the way that we facilitate discussions is that even though mental illness and, and especially uh, mood disorders and anxiety disorders are self-reported at higher levels among people with higher IQ, they're less likely than the general population to seek help for them. So there's a big problem with, and you know, this isn't necessarily a technical term, but um, high functioning individuals struggling with depression, high functioning uh, anxiety. So uh, a lot of people are able to hide it 
really, really well within academia. And a lot of people are able to deal with an incredible amount until it reaches a, a critical point that it's way too far. And so that delays seeking treatment. And the delay of seeking treatment because of stigma is something we absolutely can and should address. So it's the stigma that's the issue. It's not, it, it's that, that again comes to the cultural aspects of academia that you're, it's almost a get on with it sort of attitude. Like you've got a lot of work to be doing. You might not have time to take an afternoon out to go and like seek help. Uh, yeah. That might be the issue. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Dragonfly also not only, you know, I come from the STEM fields, but, uh, and a lot of the folks initially involved are, are from that as well, but we're also working with uh, nurses and uh, MDs, uh, students and residents and academics who train them. The, um, and, and, you know, different groups of people have different, uh, different stresses. There's unique cultural issues. So it's not just uh, STEM people that have these issues, there's everyone within academia. Some studies have shown that, uh, that, that people in the humanities actually have even worse numbers than people in the sciences, uh, in graduate school well-being uh, studies and surveys. And so we at Dragonfly definitely want to focus on everyone. Uh, we want to, we'll start where we're at and who we're interacting with, of course, uh, but we want to build there and really recognize that if you go to law school, if you go to uh, to med school, if you go to nursing school, everyone's going to have their own unique challenges affiliated and with the culture and the pressures of the various disciplines that you're in. And so those those are things that we're mindful of and we're actively recruiting folks from from many different um, mm -hmm. you know uh, disciplines. And and we we really have found a tremendous amount of power in understanding if you're at, in Germany, um, you have different laws regulating how much vacation time you get, um, but people don't have to take that vacation time. And if you're in a culture where it's, it's really uh, denigrated to take time off, then you're not going to. Mm -hmm. And and that's something that, you know, all the rules in place, having a psychologist on campus is uh, and, and readily available for drop-in appointments is all well and good from a, from a, you know, an access and an oversight kind of point of view. But if no one's going because of the stigma, you, you it's essentially no good. Mm -hmm. And with, with you talking about sort of this multidisciplinary like approach to mental health, understanding that everyone has different issues and these range among different disciplines, is the goal to eventually have sort of volunteers and people working for Dragonfly in all these different areas so that you can target sort of them almost at the source directly and have individual accounts of it? Yeah, and, and we can't, you know, it's, it's actually somewhat wonderful to get an outside perspective sometimes mm -hmm. um, but we we do recognize that being culturally competent and familiar is probably going to be 
more helpful. I know more about molecular and cell biology communities. I know how they think because I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know what they, what they appreciate and recognize. And so they love it when I really dive deep on the biophysics of uh, the, and the molecular pathways of, uh, associated with both the causes and treatments of depression. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I can speak to them. And also I'm a bubbly American. So I, I know how to interact with Americans and, and get everybody kind of joking yeah. and, and break the tension periodically. Yeah. These are very serious topics, but you can't just be so serious all the time. No. <laughs> you you kind of yeah. have to <laughs> give yourself a break every now and again. Yeah. So we, um, we also, but in, uh, for example, one of our upcoming uh, inquiries to, to bring a mental health literacy talk uh, is in uh, Germany. And so we have uh, German volunteers who are able to, and they're in a physics department. So uh, we are training up people, um, we call them dragonfly ambassadors, mm-hmm. uh, who are interested in delivering these kinds of talks to their, you know, familiar communities. And so if, you know, we'll, we'll evaluate each individual, uh, each, you know, booking and figure out what's the best fit. Is it a German person? Is it a physicist who's not German? Is it uh, me because I've given the most talks? Like, we'll, we'll just figure that out as, Mm -hmm. as we go, what's most appropriate and what's going to get, um, ha- have the most likelihood of, of getting through to the community and being able to connect mm-hmm. with them and, and build trust. Because that's another thing that, you know, if a physicist kind of asks me a question, sometimes they're testing you. Yeah. And <laughs> so there's, you know, there's a lot of this, well, I, I know lots of things. And this is part of the, the self-stigma problem is, yeah. well, I know more about myself and my brain than anyone else could possibly tell me. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> kind of get that um, grump, grumpy <laughs> um, feeling going on. And, and it is, you know, it's coming from a place of uncertainty and insecurity um, that a lot of people have not ever been given permission to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so that is one of the things that I've found most amazing about pr- doing, delivering these talks, not just to people who are you know, voluntarily coming to these talks, but to entire departments. So if a department sets up a departmental seminar as one of these, you know, talks and discussions, uh, there's faculty there, there's students there, there's people who would normally come and be excited Mm -hmm. to come to a talk like this. Um, They're the type of people, though, that might seek out our our material online. But Mm -hmm. what's powerful is when you get uh, in a room, people within a community that normally wouldn't seek this out, mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't, aren't online looking at these things, um, are maybe even avoidant or dismissive of these kinds of topics. And so this, that's, one of the, that's where you make a really big difference when you get those folks talking and discussing and, and giving them the language to use and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, dispelling the myth that it's not, that it's a weakness of mm-hmm. character, not a brain dysfunction. The yeah. brain breaks in very characteristic ways. That's why mm-hmm. we have all these categories of disease. <laughs> yeah. And sure, we don't know as much about it because the brain is such a complicated, amazing, and challenging to study mm-hmm. uh, organ. That's yeah. I think you've got a really good point there about sort of just addressing the stigmas. It needs to happen, and I think everyone needs to just 
start talking about it. Um, and if any of our if any of our listeners wanted to sort of have any access to any of these talks or want to get involved and volunteer, is there sort of ways they can go about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we are, so we're producing a lot of online content as well for free. Mm -hmm. And so we're having a, a, a panel of experts of myself and others like me who have started their own peer networks mm -hmm. talking about that. So we've got a free workshop. Um, if you missed that, we'll have that posted online on our website. Our website is uh, dragonflymentalhealth.com and we'll be posting all of our updates there. You can also sign up for our newsletter. Um, you, we have, we host three live events on Zoom um, uh, each week for peer support and peer networking around the world. It's really, truly amazing. We've had over 175 people from around the world, literally wow. around the world, yeah. uh, call in to, to Dragonfly Cafe. And those are Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can find uh, how to sign up for that listserv on our on our website as well and if you want us if you want to bring us to campus um we are booking uh booking speakers booking workshops um we also have a comprehensive three-year program it, to to really set up a, a sustainable long-term focus within usually the department or school will we'll discuss um what is the appropriate kind of size mm -hmm. um to 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 do that and um so we do offer these for on a sliding scale like we are a um we are a nonprofit, so we're not going to keep this programming uh, to, away from anyone who maybe mm -hmm. can't afford it or can't, their university doesn't have, you know, stakeholder engagement, the, mm -hmm. the people who hold the purse strings aren't willing to do it, but the students are willing to bring a speaker on, we'll work with you to figure out how to get that there based on um, external donors. And yeah. so, um, you know, don't be shy. Uh, don't <laughs> think we're too busy. We are going to make this work uh, for anyone and everyone who's interested in bringing Dragonfly to campus. Perfect. And, and just to finish up, if you had to give sort of like your maybe a short term and a long term goal of Dragonfly and um, what you want to change, what you like immediately want to address, what you long term want to change about academia, what would it be? It's amazing how fast it does change mm -hmm. that the comfort with speaking about mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. And so just in one year of working pretty deeply with my old department at University of California, Berkeley, um, we went from it, everyone being kind of slightly uncomfortable about the fact that they were bringing me in as a keynote speaker at one of their retreats to mm -hmm. give a short talk about mental health or depression. Mm -hmm. And they, um, you know, everyone was kind of on edge two years ago. And then some of the feedback that I got um, this last year when I came back and delivered a, a video, an anti-stigma video and facilitated a discussion around that, um, you know, pe some of the people's feedback was, yeah, 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 we know there's problems, we know how to get help, but what we need to do is address this, the systemic issues. And I'm like, oh, you guys are, you guys are cool with this? All right, like that, that was real fast. <laughs> So, I mean, seven years ago when, when we lost our first classmate, you know, my, my first classmate to, to suicide, nobody spoke about this at all. Like that was one of the 
biggest, biggest issues we, we realized that, that hit all of us. We were so close and such a close cohort. Everybody talked to each other all the time, hung out with each other all the time, talked about science all the time, all of our personal issues except mental health. Mm-hmm. And we realized that all of us or a very significant portion had been going to therapy and everyone was keeping it a secret. Mm-hmm. So in just a short period of time, I think we can create um, an amazing amount of change in the, in the culture and the stigma and the climate around, um, you know, talking about mental health struggles, seeking care for it when you have them and uh, to support each other really compassionately. So that would be a short-term goal that I think is a lot more attainable than a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. And long-term goals, I think that you know, really our, our interest in systemic change is that every grant will evaluate or include some kind of assessment of a department. Um, you know, so there's, there's one, there's something in the UK right now focused on gender equality. And from just 10 years ago to now, um, the, the national granting agencies um, went from not, not including or requiring any kind of uh, accounting um, or evidence of working on gender equality um, uh, among institutions that they were granting things, um, granting, giving grants to, uh, but now they do. There's this thing called Athena Swan, and if you're if you're not actively participating or producing numbers of like we are working on uh, encouraging and recruiting and retaining and supporting, um, you know, gender equality within our institution, then you may not qualify for that grant. So mm-hmm. I think that by putting that having that embedded into the culture, a recognition um, around the world that Mm -hmm. excellent mental health is as important among researchers as excellent physical health is among athletes. (laughs) We use our brains. That's our tool. (laughs) Shouldn't we take really good care of it? Exactly. Um, well, that's amazing. I think that's all we've got time for today. Um, but thank you so, so, so much for coming on. Um, everything you've talked about, I think, is really important to start the conversation on as well but, and, and let people know that it's, it's okay. It's the stigma, isn't it, that we need to get rid of. So thank you yeah. very, very much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to The Scientist Podcast. To catch up on more episodes, find The Scientist Podcast on Spotify or visit www.scientist.net.